Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm your loyal host, Friendly Rich, and this week on the sixty-fourth uh, epi- episode of this podcast, it's a higgledy piggledy of wonderful tactics with uh, keyboardist, singer, songwriter. Kelsey McNulty and what a treat it was to talk. We talk all kinds of tactics from the Raynaud's syndrome and how to deal with that that hot water dip in the hands just pre-playing. We know that well. We talk foot bags and keeping those cold feet warm on a tar. We talk staying healthy on tar. It's uh, it, it's we 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 talk about all the Banshee's uh, supports from Carlo to uh, to the Boxcar Boys and and re- more recently Great Lakes Swimmers. Um, what a musical diet she's got straight from the health food store. This is my talk with the wonderful Kelsey McNulty. Enjoy. said Kelsey McNulty got a little bit of mouth sounds in there let's just do a quick level Siblings. there she is you sound great and I'll just give you a pantomime if you're too hot or too cold okay stay hot though stay hot we're eating what are we eating here fantastic um, gluten-free banana bread uh, um, you made this I did it's uh it's a vegan recipe but I I put butter and eggs in it so it's not vegan anymore mm-hmm. um, and uh, mm. but there's like chia seeds and flax seeds pretty healthy Beauty. stuff going on feeling good eating this yeah good mm-hmm. good 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 yeah to your that's health. what it's all about to, your to yours um, thank you for welcoming me into your home my pleasure what a beauty what an atmosphere sorry that makes for terrible podcasting the sound of a of a of a slob eating <laughs> but there we go we're off to a great start you sound great thank you and i'm so excited to speak with you shall we give our listeners a quick warm up to the sounds of Kelsey McNulty let's introduce you with music all right a tune from your 2014 release Oh, we're going all the way back, eh? Why not? Yeah, why not? We'll do it in chronological order. This is human shit. <laughs> this is human fish. I mean, I, oh yeah, I, that was, was a... that was the that was the uh, second title. Yeah, I re- refined it when I later. As we do. Okay. In all seriousness, here comes now the human fish.
Beautiful tune. Tell us about it. Um, yeah, I, I wrote that song, um, I think, uh, in 2000, probably 12 or 13. And it was uh, inspired by a trip um, 
I was I was traveling on a cruise ship, uh, playing piano on a cruise ship, and we went to Croatia. And they have all these touristic caves, they call them there. And mm. so you climb down, uh, you know, 80 or 100 meters underground, and there's stalagmites. I always mess this up, but stalagmites and stalactites. Yeah. You know those, like, some grow from the bottom, some come from the top, and it's just from yeah. water dripping over time that these like rocks get shaped into sort of, they sort of look like icicles, but they're mm. rocks. Anyways. Um, How many feet down? I think it was 80 meters, the one that we went to. So wow. we took, we got some bikes and biked out to the spot and, uh, and they tell you before you go down into these caves that you're going to see human fish down there. And then they make you wait till there's enough people that can go and you drink a coffee and spend too much money and then you finally go down into the cave and mm. uh it's at the very bottom of the cave so you do the whole tour and you're waiting and thinking about what these human fish are going to look like or at least I was and so this song was sort of was inspired by that definitely but um the idea behind it was sort of if these human fish got to be strong enough to um take over the world or if humans had destroyed the world that these human fish would come out of the cave and have their day finally. So they're 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 a little albino, mm. um, sort of alligator-looking type things. Um, and so they can't be in the light because they're albino. Like their their skin can't take really can't take the sun, which is why they live so far underground. Wow. But the idea behind the song in the song was that you know like we had there was just like the sun was blocked mm. by us and it was cold. And so they were able to come up and, you know, have their day up here. And that was beautiful the inspiration tune. for that song. Thank beautiful you. tune. Who plays on that? Is that Tyler on the bass? Yeah. Tyler Emond and, um, Shout Jessica, out. Jessica Deutsch. Oh yeah. Great. On, uh, violin. Yeah. It's a beauty. And, and produced by, uh, by Mike Olson. Right on. Shout out to Mr. Mike Olson yeah. and you, you, yes. you co-produced it. Beautiful. Is that your, um, w- was that recording your, first your 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 debut yeah my first full length uh, wow yeah attempt and the name of it is uh, excuses mm-hmm. for, small for small details, details. yeah what does that mean you know i have to think back to yeah. um to yester me yeah um 2014 I think, right yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, by the time I think I put it out, it had been pressed for a year, uh-huh, so uh-huh. 2013. But Industry yeah, I think tactics. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think it came from just uh, being someone who's always, uh, uh, or at the time, I felt like I was caught up in details a lot of the time without being able to see the big picture uh-huh. of things. And, Beautiful. Uh, and so, but I kind of liked that about myself the sort of obsessive about small details and so excuses for small details was like my way of saying to myself that it was okay that that Mm. was my focus even Mm. if I you know maybe thought that it might be better to see a bigger picture this is fun and this is so this is why you know in a way why we're here and you you're you're we were talking earlier before we hit record of your over preparedness Kelsey McNulty, welcome to the Industry Tactics Podcast. So you're, you'd consider yourself to be, a, you're a, you're an accordion-ish, yeah. you're a pianish, she's got, um, she's got keyboardish. she's got a uh, Royal Conservatoire, yeah. uh, piano books, uh, where do you come from musically? Um, kind of a 
smorgasbord, I guess, yeah. uh, of, of stuff. I, uh, I played, I loved playing piano as a kid. I yeah. started when I was um, five or six, and uh, I just loved being at the piano. And Where'd you, Where did you grow up? I grew up in Ottawa. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I loved my piano so much, mm-hmm. and, uh, and my dog would come and lay under the piano, and we would just hang out in the basement. Mm. And, uh, and then, yeah, I took lessons for a lot of years, like a lot of kids do. Yeah. And then by, by, when I got to high school, I wanted to play guitar because it seemed cooler. And also it seemed like if you're going to write songs, for some reason I, I uh, didn't feel... I wrote songs on the piano, but I wanted mm. to be able yeah. to write folk songs. Was So I took up the acoustic guitar in high school. Yeah. Did that for a while. Where'd you go to high school in Ottawa? Um, I went to French high school called yes. Franco City, um, which was, uh, yeah, in... So you've got that... Wonderful so Ottawa, of Ottawa bilingualism. I do, yeah. Franco City. Franco Panko, like a Franco city? Yeah, it translates to French city. Wow. Yeah. It was where, all right. Where in Ottawa? Like outside of Ottawa? No, inside of Ottawa, inside but like of Ottawa. Um, Franco City. Alta Vista sort okay. of area. Yeah. 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 Don't know if you know it. Yeah. You know yeah. Ottawa it rings well about, I lived in Ottawa for a couple of years. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. So this you know where bitter... Hillcrest was or Canterbury, sort of that yeah. area? Yeah. 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 Canterbury is a beautiful school. Really mm-hmm. great art school, isn't it? Yeah, totally. My cousin's there right now for dance, actually. The cold in Ottawa will get in those bones, won't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's next level. Yeah. Like, I think I trained. I lived in Ottawa about 10 years ago, I'd say. And, uh, and I think it trained me as a, we were talking earlier, we both suffered. Well, you're on, on, what I'm an, they say? Like unofficial. Un- unofficial, but we'll, we'll lump you into the category because you, you, you've even heard of it, the Raynaud's syndrome. So mm. I feel like the cold of Ottawa really helped me train to deal mentally with, with bitter cold. Like, yeah. And as a Raynaud's sufferer, is you got to take that shit seriously. Did that name come from like the first man that suffered? Yeah. From oh Raynaud's? yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Jean-Jacques Raynaud. Look no it up. Look way. it up. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 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 I had to look it up when I was diagnosed with it. Fascinating. But this isn't about my Raynaud's. It's about your Raynaud's. So you're, <laughs> so you're from Ottawa. You're from, you're from Ottawa. Franco Cite. Yeah. Fully bilingual. Mm. So we'll break into the Franco Panko later. Great. For now, though, this is exciting. So you, in high school, mm. you're, you're playing what? Felix Leclerc on the on the guitar, <laughs> all in French. No, I uh, I really liked Donnie DeFranco in high school, as uh, I'm yeah. sure a lot of a lot of young acoustic guitar playing yep. women of my yep. age did. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just uh, tried to write songs. Great. It's not very good at it, and. Um, yeah, still playing play, piano oh, though. Like, yeah, still okay. playing a bit of piano. Okay. Um, played a little bit of sax in high school too, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, never got too far with it. And then uh, it wasn't until yeah, sort of my last year of high school that I was going. To, I started an English degree in university, but mm-hmm. I was taking music courses and I uh, was getting more into playing piano again in the last year of high school. And then when I was in university, I was just spending all my time on these music theory courses, and I just decided to switch over to music. Um, where where? At Carleton, okay, Iowa. yeah, wow, yeah. So I did a degree there. And who were some of your teachers, like memorable teachers that changed um, your life? Uh, definitely um, Jennifer Giles. She actually passed away um, last year, but oh, she was she was incredible. I still think I think of her. Uh, 
like every second time I play the piano, which is a lot, um, because mm. she really helped with um, some technique stuff that I was having trouble with. And also just, uh, she always told me to, like, that not to let people tell you to dig in mm. if you didn't feel like it was the right thing to do like she talked about touch and she said I had a nice touch and mm. at the time I was studying jazz and getting a lot of like oh you should play louder or you should you know like dig in more and she was like you know what it's all about touch on the piano so mm. like don't let anyone tell you how to do that and so was she your teacher in university or she was yeah she was my okay. ear training teacher okay. and um and uh, like ear training sight singing teacher and also I did um I was the only one who signed up for fourth-year ear training because I, I really loved ear training. And so we had one-on-one -on -one classes. So she's like, why don't we do half piano lessons and half Sounds like a training. dream. It was a dream. It was My last year was really great. Because wow. I also had one-on-one -on -one arranging courses with um, a trombone piano player named Mark Ferguson. He used okay. to play with the um, um, Bo Boss Brass in yeah, Toronto. Yeah. That was Rob uh, McConnell's uh -huh, uh -huh. band. Wow. Um, so Mark was here for a long time and now he's, he's been based in Ottawa for probably 20 years now. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. he's a great teacher as well. And, uh, Deirdre Piper, she was, uh, great sort of name. my arranging. Yeah. yeah. She is a, an arranging teacher slash composition teacher. Wow. It was really fantastic. You, who were some of the musicians that you met there and do, do you keep in touch with any of them? Yeah. One of my, uh, well, my best friend, uh, still lives in Ottawa. Her mm -hmm. name's Katie Hurden really great singer Wonderful. Um, she's doing lots of teaching and music stuff in ottawa working with uh working with kids and uh did you play you still play with her or yeah I, yeah when i'm back home yeah wonderful yeah 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 um she's probably the one that i keep in touch with the most uh a That's really great. good friend that he had a baby a couple mm -hmm. years ago so i mean it wouldn't be a baby anymore but um <laughs> Jake Von Worden was a really good friend. Yeah. He was here for a while, actually. He came to Toronto at the same time I did. Okay, that we were both at Humber for a little bit. Did you? Go, you went to Humber as well. I did. Yeah. So I graduated from Carleton, and then uh, I wanted to wow. see what I was wanted to move to Toronto. Yeah. I originally wanted to move to Montreal, but changed my mind. And uh, wanted, right to, on. wanted to meet some people. I was coming to the scene, not really knowing anyone here. So when is this? What What year is this? Two thousand seven and eight. Okay. Two thousand eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2008. So, yeah, I went to Humber for about a year and a half and uh, just took the classes I wanted, which was great. I didn't yeah. take any electives. I just took, like, first and second year master class at the same time and just piled in all the playing classes. And okay. it was a really great way, like, wow. just to meet people. I met a lot of people, pretty much everyone that I, you know, is some extension of, you know, people that I met through having been at Humber. So it was super helpful. And you, you finished your Humber? Like you, I didn't, no. You didn't, yes. No, no, no uh, not a Humber graduate. Beautiful. And no offense against those Humber graduates. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I'm loving this. Uh, there's a bit of a string of like many people who go and then just don't finish. Yeah. What do you think that's about? Well. Like real life takes over? Real music takes over? I, not I that it's not I, real music, but. I would imagine it's a whole mixture of things, it? but. It's it's a really great program, but it is yeah. a program. And so it's not going right. to suit, you know, like think about how, how different all the musicians are that you I know. Bet. Yeah. And then parts of it are really going to suit some people yeah. and parts of it are going to suit others. But yeah. the whole program in on in its like entirety is not yeah. going to suit any one musician perfectly. And, you know, and musicians want to go a certain way and do a certain thing. Yeah. I, think, I think you get a whole bunch of stuff while you're there and you meet people and you make 
you make friends, you get introduced to all this different music, hopefully. It would or... be, you know, I'm just thinking, it would be really fun to try to get a, to, because I was just thinking, like, it, it, it's just, it's a daunting thought to try to be everything to everybody. Yeah. Right? Like, you'd hate to, God, I, yeah. I mean, who, who are some of the organizers there, like, high level who are making these decisions of, like, trying to offer the best fucking program I remember talking to Steve you know, Bellamy sort of yeah. the year that I decided not to go there. At the time, I was working at the Rex, and I remember yeah. he was there. He was there to see Kirk McDonald, and mm-hmm. I think we were hanging out after, and he was saying that they get together at the end of every year. Mm. And because the music industry is changing so much and so fast. Industry tactics. And I believe tactics. Ted Quinlan has even told me about these meetings, is they yep. just get together and they try and they try and assess, like, okay, what is going to be the most useful skills to give people now? How do we remain for relevant? They, yeah. For when they get out yeah, in yeah. four years. We can't predict. It's a four-year. It's yeah. a four-year program. Yeah. Um, and so I think they're just trying to... Wow. Just trying to assess, okay, if we... if Assuming they just learn what they're... You know, without the without the idea of, like, applying it immediately. Mm-hmm. Just, like, giving p- kids or, or people, whoever... Are, you know, like whether kids they're adults or kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just the skills, skills that'll be useful no matter what happens in the music industry. And I think that's what they're aiming for every year, but it changes. You know? So did it's it like, feel really different than Carlton? It did. Yeah. It, yeah. it was definitely. Like the, the design of it, the vibe of it. Yeah. Like yeah. Carlton was a, was a bachelor of music and yeah, it was, yeah. you know, like I writing string quartets and, and so there's like a whole bunch of like 20th century classical music, like counterpoint and all mm-hmm, that stuff. And then, mm-hmm. and then jazz arranging. And then the amount of playing you actually did in class was not nothing like you do at Humber, like you're playing yeah. all the time. And if you want to yeah. have a jam, there's a mod right there and there's a piano sitting over yeah. there and yeah. it's just lots of, lots and lots of playing. And, yeah. uh, yeah. and it was great for that. And, but then I'd been in school for a really long time and it was time to, you know, live my life. So live my life. What a great, um, musical diet though, get coming up. Like, so are you happy with it? Your music education? Like, did it prep you for where you're at? Like, um, I think that I did as much learning probably in the, in the, three or four years that followed mm-hmm. getting out of Humber. Um, just really, really different kind of learning. But the, so like that's the like, stuff that you got to... That's like 2000, what, 10 to 14? Yeah. And leading up to this first record that you put out in, yeah. a, way, in a way, right? Like that whole... Totally. And I think, I mean, I think anyone who, you know, when you start out and you start booking gigs and you book your first few shitty gigs and then, you know, you, you start to realize like what you have to pay people in order to like play these shitty gigs. And then, you know, as you're getting hired by other people, what your expectations are of that and just that whole learning and then live sound versus, you know, Uh. like, you know, I, I played pianos at school. Any piano player who went to jazz school was playing, you know, you're doing all this work on an, on an actual piano and then how many pianos are there in town you know like right. I remember Brian Dickinson saying like ah, I shouldn't say I mean I shouldn't say I don't know if he still feels this way but at the time mm-hmm. he was just like there's no pianos in Toronto that I really want to like do a jazz trio gig on or very wow. few and so you know I was like well I don't know a piano's a piano and uh and now I know a little more what he's talking about just like hmm. So anyway, I, I feel like what were some of those shitty gigs, if you might? I I'm always interested in 
Well, Those first I mean, gigs where you're like so green, it's just like yeah. Uh, I mean, I think back to Ottawa because that's really mm-hmm. when I when I started playing mm-hmm. gigs. But um, you know, I was playing with like indie rock bands and mm-hmm. and you know, still playing, trying to play like solo acoustic guitar gigs in my late teens and um, you know great. playing at like Cafe de Cuff in Ottawa. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever went to that no. place. Like it was cute and intimate and like mm-hmm. great shows could happen there, but like. If you didn't have anyone there, it's pretty pretty desolate, you know. That and, vibe, uh, eh? That yeah, vibe. gigs and Zaphods and yeah, yeah. Oh, do you remember Zaphods? I do. Yeah. And the, the fucking curfew. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all different. And the strip now, joint but... above or below or yeah, beside. Yeah, they shared a oh. kitchen with. Yeah. Is is that all done? That's all. No, uh, it's become the Twenty Seven Club, which okay. I actually recently played a, a gig there about yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Um, still shares the kitchen with the uh, the strip joint. The strip joint. The yeah. pillar. The pillar of the yeah. Ottawa. The uh, the Byward Market. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Gross. Wow. So, okay, but yeah, that, and then there is something about that too, eh? The uh, the 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 poorly attended gig and keeping that morale. Yeah. Toasty. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But uh, okay, so so beautiful. So you leading up to it, you're, you're, you're so you're in the city. Mm. What do you do when you get out of school? What did I do? You, you're just like yeah. What were some of your goals just straight out of school? Like you wanted to play um, like hell, I bet. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. play a lot, and yeah. I was used to playing a lot. Yeah. Um. So, what did I first do? I remember the first year I was out it was my first. I, I got my first cruise ship contract and I I told myself because you hear a lot of bad stories about cruise ships Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and I told myself if I was I wanted to do a cruise ship but I wanted it to be a trio with people from Toronto that I knew like that I'd played with and and something short and then this contract came up that was short and because it was short the people who had gotten the contract didn't want to do it Mm -hmm. so I got handed this contract that was only a month and uh, in the Caribbean and that was exactly what I wanted sort of Great. so Great. that was fun and How fun, uh, yeah. I did a couple more of those around that time with that same cruise ship it was a it was a cruise ship that floats around the world mm-hmm. and it's uh, owned by multimillionaires and they've got like a diamond shop on the ship it's a really it's like a weird exclusive I shouldn't say weird but it it is kind of weird mm-hmm. because they own they own this, they own this ship, so they call yeah. it a privately owned yacht. So it's it's a big ship, but there's only 200 passengers on it. Wow! So you're you're kind of more um, like a we were kind of more like a sonic piece of art than we were like a show. Like it wasn't like there was like 50 people coming to see the band. You were lucky if there was like you know seven people that showed up to hear uh-huh. you play every night because there was only sometimes at a given time there'd only be like 60 people, 60 passengers on the ship. So wow. you know. The average age was about 77, and they all had beautiful condos, so they weren't necessarily going to come down and see the band. So that was an interesting experience. Wow. Um, was it, were you treated fairly, like from the whole, like, yeah. the, from a work perspective? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It was kind of That's a special good. contract that way, in that um, we were some of the, we were, there was us and then a solo piano player who would play the, the room upstairs, like the bar upstairs, and we yeah. were sort of the only entertainers on the ship. How, f- how um, fun. It was pretty fun. And that was when I did that contract. We did a contract in the Mediterranean. That was by far the best. And we That's went Croatia? From, yeah, we went or, from Trieste yeah. in Italy all along the coast um, yeah. and all the way. We ended up in um, Haifa in Israel. Wow. So that was really cool. Wow. And and um, so so you're doing this with, with folks from Toronto? 
most yeah. of the time. Yeah, that's yeah, fun. totally. Um, Chris Virtue was playing bass, and uh, Nick oh. Duresh played that first contract. Wow. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I think of like industry tactics, and you're the first musician to talk about the cruise ship option. Yeah. Right. It's uh, it's one that's there, and I and 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 still there. You know, like yeah. it hasn't. It's yeah. Yeah. and they're pretty consistent. Like yeah. they haven't changed. They want you usually a minimum of three months, and you know, like the the it's one wow. of the only things that's kind of stayed just about the same pay and just about the same, or at least like relatively speaking, um, like sort of the same conditions. You know, get out there and, and play a cruise ship. Um, yeah. Now, let us know what you're thinking about this. If you have played a cruise ship, um, uh, uh, tweet us at Industry Tactics and let us know what your experiences are. We'd love to hear from you. This is this is yeah, new development. There, there are lots of uh, lots of different experiences as far as the cruise ships go. I think. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Neat. Neat. Okay. So so where do you where do you go from there? You put out your record, you meet Mike Olson, you say I want to make a rap. Well, in fairness, in fairness to Mike Olson, that kind of happened in in sort of a a, a ba- uh he kind of got hired as a producer after the fact, after the recording of it happened. So he was kind of no, like he, post-producing, he which comes in as which the is cleanup a ch- artist. Yeah, totally, which is uh Hey. Oh, nice. We're going to have right chicken on. korma tonight. Well, and I bet the chicken's cold if you're bringing it home in a rucksack, right? <laughs> Ch- cool, cool, cool chicken. Cold chicken. Um, okay, so Michael came in after the fact, a cleanup mm. artist. Yeah, a little bit. Cool, it was. Cool. Tri- I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, my first record, I had all these songs I'd been playing yeah, live yeah. a lot, and I didn't know what to do with them. So I was like, well, I'm just going to record them yeah, and uh, yeah. see what happens, which I wouldn't say, I'd say it's kind of a mistake to, like, not have a concept before you record an album, but um, mm. have things you learn. Or it was at least a mistake for me. Yeah. I, I, I didn't yeah. want to do that again after having done it that way. Because once the over-prepared. everything... prepared. Yeah, part of totally. It doesn't fit your personality. Well, and I think you know you you evolve into that. I was definitely not like over prepared when I was in high school or university. Yeah. I yeah. think it was just something that came Nicely about put. because 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 of what I wanted okay. or because of how I wanted things to or how I wanted to feel when I did things. You know. Yeah. I I know that if I'm over prepared, chances are I will feel more relaxed there when I go. get to the thing. And, and I'll be able to enjoy happen. it more. Yeah, 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 and there's yeah, and there's yeah. a possibility for yeah. for magic. Now that being said, there's also mm. the possibility of like showing up not knowing what's going to happen, and mm. then you know like that that improv part that you know is is in all of us I to like improvise a, and like that energy of that yeah. is can also be magic. But more consistently, for what I, when I'm being hired, I would yeah. rather be over prepared so that if something does change, I'm I'm can change more fluidly with it if that makes sense yeah yeah no i think i think i understand that is is keeping a a kind of a base of comfort and then all the other stuff that happens above that you're allowing room for that to happen Mm -hmm. for the improvisation magic to kind of yeah well and crazy stuff's always gonna happen right inevitably yeah inevitably so i think i i i feel the same kind of comfort Mm. i think I, i i excel when there's a base understanding, and then the rest is gravy. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Um, great, great. 
Uh, and so you have have you put out another record since that first one, or um, is this coming? No. This is what's brewing right now. Yeah, I'm working on an album at the moment, which will be quite different than mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. than the album I put out. But um, I'm really excited about it. It's going to sound awesome. I'm doing it with. Um, Scott McCannell, um, he is a bass player, who also plays um, bass and engineers mm-hmm. for our surf and soul band, uh, Carlo. Okay. So okay. Um, that project I'm really excited about. We put it in an album last year. Wow. And uh, Carlo? it's pretty rad. Yeah. 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 Look, can we, look, can we cut to a quick track from sure. it? Sure. Yeah? Please. Yeah. Uh, cue it up. What do you want to play? Um, hmm... How about um, Carlos Ride? What a beautiful ride that was. And what are you playing on that track? Uh, that's uh, my ace tone. Um, 
It's a transistor organ. It was oh. actually one of the the company at the time was called Ace Tone, but it's that company later became Roland. So oh, wow. it was one of the Whoa. first Holy electric cow. keyboards actually ever made by Roland. And so the, this my model is is called a top um, top three, and it's from. I think, don't quote me on this, but 1963 yeah. or 1964. Sitting right there. It's I'm that blue thing. No, that's the Wurlitzer, yeah. but uh, right behind it is the it's Ace. It's got like a suede case, or uh, is that just blue? Uh, it's it's like a blue sort Beauty. of vinyl, I think. We'll take the, so and the, it has a the, duct tape handle. So the photo of our, uh, we're going to take a photo after. The photo on the Instagram is, is will be Kelsey and I in front of all this gar. How important is gar to your game? Um, it's, it's become increasingly important to me. And then, and then over the last maybe five or six years, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, and now I'm starting to feel like, uh, I don't know, you get to a point, I think, where Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, which, what am I using? What is kind of a double of like, all keyboards are different. Mm -hmm. They're not like kids, but they're Mm kind of like kids. Mm -hmm. They're all different. They all need a certain amount of work, especially the older ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I just put lots and lots of dollars into that Wurlitzer. Um, and, uh, you start to just, I don't know, weighing out, um, you know, like there's great keyboards, like, uh, I mean, I would, it's a, it's a gr- excellent like workhorse keyboard is the Nord, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but it's not like a, it's not like a sexy keyboard. No. It's not one that you're like, mm, no. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah. this feels yeah, good. I've this arrived. Good. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> yeah. Per, you know, like that's what I take. I often take a Nord on the road, or yeah. you know, yeah, um, a Nord and a few other things, or yeah. another keyboard, just yeah. to like have that as like it has a piano, it has a row, a whirly, and then it's, maybe I bring yeah. an, a, another organ yeah. that I like the sound of better or whatever yeah um but Mm. but then you have your keyboards that like you play them and they make you want to write a song or you know you play them and like yeah 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 and it feel you feel it's like it's an instrument it feels like you're so i like to have a certain amount of those around but at some point you know you're like okay i have this much money and then the farfisa always needs work Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. you know how many Mm -hmm. transistor organs does one girl need Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've got to ask the question a great a great question and what is the like a, a a solid four, right? A solid. It looks it I looks mean, to me if I'm looking down the down the uh, well, living room floor here. I mean, that's a case. Yeah. Uh, but I have two. I only have a Farfisa and an Ace Tone at the moment. There you go. That's great. I almost that's bought another great. Ace Tone, but I held back. How beautiful! Christmas. How beautiful! Um, great. You've got the bug. You've definitely got the itch. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's also finding um, finding a combination <laughs> that is transportable. And that is also, you know, like makes you super stoked to like take that solo or or to like play those pads or whatever it is you're hired yeah. to do. And yeah. um, recently I've gotten into <laughs> sampling a little bit. So sampling the ace tone, putting that into the Nord. Now it's a totally different sound, but um, like wow. the Nord has sampling capabilities. Yeah, so yeah. And I also have a micro sampler. Or, okay. or, or you can just have, you know, like you can just have, there's great samples out there, but mm-hmm. I don't like to have a computer on stage. So mm-hmm. my, um, my alternative is to like have keyboard built in sample with. yeah yeah wow that's so fun that's kind of fun and it's that like it becomes fun. its own sort of thing like it doesn't sound like an ace tone but it sounds uh it sounds like a thing uh-huh. and then I, uh-huh. and then i've made it and so it feels there's something personal yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it adds a little bit of uh all this that i'm looking mm-hmm. at to a to to the nord yeah yeah exactly. neat neat 
Yeah. Uh, so when's that? What are you working on that record, the new record, or is it is yeah, it coming? Is um, it done? Is it done? Yeah, I sort of had uh, some time this month to work on it. Wow. And uh, just doing some some layering, some keyboard stuff. It's going to be pretty keyboard heavy, and um, and yeah, hoping to finish it in the spring. So so. We we won't be able to play something from it, but but I want yeah. you. To, uh, could you talk a little bit about like w- what your approach was differently than than the first record that you did? Like what what you learned and how you f- yeah kind of shaped that. Um, I I wrote a whole bunch of songs like sort of in a shorter period of time, mm-hmm. and um, it was actually the most I would say um, like prolific I've ever been able to be is I set aside time very deliberately to write and I I've never I've talked about doing that for years and years and I yeah. never actually have and I yeah. finally managed to last winter and it was how much time um you know a few hours a day and not necessarily every day but I was blocking off chunks of time it was like I look yeah. at my week and I would be like okay I'm gonna write for three hours no yeah. matter what yeah and here I'm gonna write for four and then if it goes well I have time after and I can keep going or whatever very cool and uh and it was the most um like fluid it's ever been for me and uh just because like I'd be working on something and if I hit a block I had this other thing I was working on so I could mm-hmm. just go over there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then come back and mm-hmm. yeah it was the sort of the best it's ever worked out for me it's fascinating eh? the creative spark and like how you like whether or not you have any control over it or not is is i guess debatable but like just the the application of time and discipline totally and building on that right like that no matter what you get something out of it it's never wasted time even if you don't even if you decide to scrap whatever it is you're working on there's like the next day you come back and it's you know it's a whole different thing and you've you've gotten past that block and yeah, I really it was it was really enjoyable to to make that time and do it. Yeah, how does your brain go if you don't get that? If you're not um like if you're not like I feel really good if I'm like practicing every day for mm. long streaks and just like re- like top of your game, right? Yeah. Like so same thing with writing. It's like do totally. you go squirrely if you if that shit gets swept aside a little mm. bit? Yeah. Does that affect you? Definitely. I feel um, like I think I told you I've been making a lot of like yeah. sort of collage yeah. art. If you um, look at her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's an exacto blade out. and uh, <laughs> She's definitely on a trip right now doing collage, collagerie. Yeah. And beautiful. it's like, I don't know. There's something. Shout out to Sarah Kim Turnbull. Yeah, totally. Her beautiful art sitting S-K-T-B. right behind you here. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful work. I'm lucky to have it on my wall. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes I think that ultimately it's important for me to be to feel like I'm doing something creative yeah yeah in yeah. some sort of way whether it's just writing every day like just not even writing a song but just write, sure. writing words writing ideas or mm-hmm. or making mm-hmm. collage art mm-hmm. or right you on. know yeah it just needs to there's I like to have some sort of outlet and mm-hmm. I think most of us need that in some shape or form yeah and, that's um, yeah that's part of it and sometimes it doesn't have to be music I, I, f- I feel yeah. guilty when it's not a little bit but um I'm trying to get over that because I've you know yeah why should it just be one thing yeah no for you sure know? for sure so how long have you been doing this collage stuff um like speaking of the guilt I well, I've been doing some different stuff with it yeah. over the last couple of years. Like I made a couple of promo videos for Carlo, um, sort of making it like kind of like a, a crappy version of uh, stop motion. So, Fun. so oh. like taking, I'll just take like a hundred pictures and then make like a, 
a 25 second video or something. So just like move all the pieces around. So mm-hmm. for that, in that case, it's like mm-hmm. a scene and then you're moving like all the little people around. Beautiful, for it. So beautiful. You, won't, you won't have a way of like showing a, a some of this, I suppose, in, in here. But no, no, um, but, it's but that, great. Yeah, yeah, that's the like that I've been doing for a couple of years. And then I don't know, I've been doing collage for maybe like four years. Mm-hmm. I started doing it with Sarah Kim when we were making Christmas cards and mm-hmm. she had already been into it. And, uh, and I sat down with her one day and she had all these books out and we just started chopping stuff up. And it's good therapy. Like yeah. just to chop shit up and re- totally. repurpose it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, I get it. Um, That's great. Yeah. It's really fun. So, wow. Um, and and yeah, it's interesting the the like the guilt what the guilt. So there's a bit of guilt there if, mm. if it really like it, that it's not music. Like it all has to be music. Like is yeah, and nah, you know who now. knows if that's like a product of 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 jazz school or just having to have a certain amount of obsession to like sort of maintain a career in yeah. in this business. You know, yeah. I, I think everybody's got a little bit of like an obsessive bug who's a musician you know yeah, like how do you get good at an instrument how do you get good right. at performing how you, how do you yeah yeah i guess so there's a little bit you know in yeah, some yeah. in and it, and it manifests i think in different ways but um yeah good one yeah okay so <laughs> i don't so, know no no i get i i i, I think you're you're onto something there yes 100 yeah. percent yeah. yeah. okay but that and that doesn't necessarily need to be a a, a negative thing like uh no right like mm-hmm. Um, no, I you just got to keep it in check, I guess. Totally. There's yeah. a negative connotation when you use the word obsession, Obs- but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you, um, just cause you want to do it. Yeah. It's it doesn't, it doesn't, it's yeah, it doesn't mean that yeah. that's a bad thing. Like yeah. people who want to take care of their kids, they want to take care of their kids all the time. Yeah. You know, it's an obsession. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, there. right, right. Stop so. obsessing, would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so when does the accordion come into the picture? Um, that would have been probably about seven years ago now. So yeah. uh, around the time I would have been playing the cruise ships, <laughs> making that album. And uh, actually, Tyler Iman gave me an old accordion he had in his basement. And he cool. was like, hey, do you play accordion? I was like, well, not yet. And at the time, oh. I, I had been, like I told you, in school for a long time. And yeah. so it was nice to have an instrument that, yeah. um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to play. It was just uh, an experiment. And then I, I loved it. It was really fun, and then here uh, comes the obsession. Yeah, there you go. Right, totally. So, um, so what? Branco? Does Branco come into the picture? Yeah, later, later. I actually that was only probably three years ago. I took some yeah. lessons with Branco. Okay, who's great, amazing. Great. Yeah, He's what a such wizard. a crazy yeah. accordion player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was really fun. That was fun because I had when I took my first lesson. I'd been playing for about two years, and I, I wanted to go to France because I was into gypsy jazz at the time. So I saved up a bunch of money. I was working at a coffee shop and playing gigs and yeah. you know, higgledy piggledy whatever. When I was twenty six, higgledy piggledy is a funny saying. But um, I was just gonna let it go, <laughs> thinking, "Oh fuck, I have no idea what she's talking about." But I don't want to be embarrassed that I have no idea. Did you just, just drop that and that's a thing? Is that one of your things? No. Or I is that know. a term? I think it's just because I, I think it's, Here just comes it's now. so much talking for me that like I start throwing in like made up made up words. Industry tactics. Kelsey McNulty explaining hickledy pickledy. Go ahead. Higgledy piggledy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Not to be confused with hickledy pickledy. Mm, very different. H- hingledy? H- H- higgledy. 
What what are we talking about? I I got lost there. It's like you know, it's kind of like it's the same as smorgasbord, but it, it has a different sound. So it's like you know, like I was doing a whole bunch of piecemeal, making my money in a whole bunch of different ways. Like working at a coffee shop, playing gigs, you know, like sending on cruise ship contract. Thank you. It was like so, you know, hey, one more time, just for a second, practice. Higgledy. Piggledy. <laughs> okay, like ping a pong. If you're so, I'm gonna translate it for. For those of you long-time listeners, it's yeah. like ping-a-pong. Okay, Wait, good. Oh, sorry, ping-a-pong. Yeah. Can we get into that for a moment? Just so uh, I know I, what it is? It's higgledy-piggledy. So I We're, can't use it? You can use ping-a-pong, for sure. Yeah. Good. Okay. Drop it in there whenever you need to, okay? okay. Great. Tisha. So, so, okay, so, so this is part of your lexicon, your world now, the mm-hmm. accordion. Yeah. Accordion-ish. And, uh... And you start busting it out whenever whenever you can. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't... Um, it's a new tool. Yeah, it was a new tool. And it was uh, it was fun. And I didn't really intend to have gigs on it necessarily. But mm. I guess there's... There at the time were few accordion players in town. And I knew mm. a lot of, like, sort of folky musicians. And I started getting asked to play, like, various gigs. I'd only been playing for about, I don't know, six months or okay. eight months. And so I did a lot of learning right before the gig or right for the gig or yeah. and it was a really good way to um mm-hmm. to improve quickly wow and uh did you ever get to france to those gypsies i did i did you and did? i took a lesson i took a lesson with a, a really amazing accordion player named ludwig Baer. Okay. And uh, but he's like the top gypsy jazz accordion player, and at the time it probably was a little beyond what I needed in terms of an accordion Holy teacher. Shit. But it was uh, Ludwig Bar Bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. So yeah. how long did you spend out there? Mm. Like you, I, I was didn't there for about a month. Um, but and how do you study gypsy jazz? You just follow them around? Well, I don't know. I just went to a bunch of gypsy jazz jams and like I just the the standards, the jazz standards that they use are there's some crossover, but it's it's kind of like a whole different repertoire. Did of, you Google it? Like how what? Or, no, but there's some guys in town that play. Yeah, and, sure, um, sure. Uh, so I. I had yes. an idea of some of the ones, yeah. and I talked to them because they had been to, okay. you know, uh, there's like a big gypsy jazz festival in Samoa, I think. Okay, okay. Um, so, like, Roberto Rosamond and, like, um, Chris Bizant. Sure. Like, at the time, those guys were, like, sort of the gypsy jazzers that I knew. Chris Et Kettlewell. Tu as um, tant français, alors tu as... Et tu étais bien préparé quand tu as entré en France. Oui, mais um, ils mm. trouvent l'accent drôle, donc... Uh, il riait de moi des fois. Oh, il était il était méchant les gigans. <laughs> a little. No, it was more that they thought it was like endearing, you know, the accent. Yeah. It was uh, Yeah. They they thought it was joyous. Wow. The Quebec accent. Yeah. How fun. How mm. fun. Quebec Ontario. And, and yes. so you you came back with that that's in your blood now. You got it. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think that was a it was a it was a really cool experience, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't I I haven't put in the time uh for gypsy jazz, I would say. There's like, you know, people who dedicate their whole yeah, yeah. their whole thing to that. Sure. Their whole lives sure. to like that style of music. Yeah. Um so, yeah. yeah. It was a cool it was another like sort of outlet for the accordion and, you know, finding it in different music, different styles of music and stuff. How many different outfits? So you you were a you, 
you were a side person. You're mm. you're then you then you put out your own record. Mm. How do you why do you how do you change gears like that? What what's what are some of the differences for you on that end? Um sorry there was a hundred questions in there, but yeah, focus no, on one um, of them. I guess uh I like I like both and so it's nice to be able to, to have the opportunity. Like I feel lucky that I get to do Yeah. Uh, I have outlets for that is great. the things it that is I like great. to do, you yeah. know, and so yeah. I like backing people up and I like, um, you know, coming up with sounds for, for things and yeah. that's really fun for me and like learning songs, learning how people write, you know, every time I mm. learn a new, Do you, you co-write with folks? I do. I have been, yeah. haven't done a lot of it um, re- recently, okay. but uh, I have in the past, you know, done yeah. stuff with like... Wrote a song or two with Dave Clark and my oh, friend yeah. Rebecca Hennessy and I used oh, yeah. to do more of that. Yeah, and um, how do you know yeah. Rebecca and Dave just through Rebecca and I actually met? Um, I I knew I really liked um, the band she was in. Probably uh, we, we became friends maybe like six years ago. She, I really liked Hobson's Choice, Great. and um, and Rebecca. she was at the health food. Rebecca, um, she was at the health food store. And, uh, and I approached her and was like, oh, I really love your band, Hobson's Choice. And she's like, oh, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, do you, do you write songs? I've been trying to write more. And, mm. um, and I was like, yeah, me too. And she's like, do you want to get together like, on a weekly basis and try and like, have something written for it? And then we'll play the, play the things together. I don't know. It just came about really naturally like, in the conversation. I was like, oh, that sounds great. And so that was kind of how our friendship started. Holy shit. Um, Is there material that comes from that? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a song I recorded with the Boxcar Boys, which mm-hmm. is a band I play with, mm-hmm. um, that is uh, from, from that? that. Yeah. Great. But, Can we um, play it? Or do you, do you have uh, a recording? Yeah. I wonder. I have a recording somewhere. If um, it's too much trouble to dig it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, won't play it. Okay. But if you can, here it comes now. Uh, the Boxcar Boys, co-written, we could say, mm-hmm. between you and Rebecca. Yeah, totally. How, how charming. sun's gone down and the pouring rain trickles down inside of my window pane well you can ask me once and you can ask me twice but I won't ever be your sweet love
This is my problem in life. That was a tune from the Boxcar Boys. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to the health food store. Subsequently, I'm not <laughs> meeting a lot of cool musicians. You know, you're not meeting those kind of that kind of clientele right. at the Longos. Yeah. Well, I gotta maybe get. To, you, yeah, you know. maybe you work that into your schedule. Yeah. Your yeah. Routine. That's really cool. That's really great. Mm. Nice story. And Dave Clark, how are those writing sessions? Writing writing with Dave Clark is so a, is fun. a joy. So fun. Um, yeah, I think that he maybe even recorded one of the songs that uh, that we did. He was called Tom, Tommy. Mm-hmm. I think I came up with chords, mm-hmm. and he had all the like you've, you've co-written with Dave mm-hmm. before. Like he has stacks of lyrics, mm-hmm. so we just pick a pick a thing, and then I would come up with chords, and he'd try to sing over top of it. So yeah, is that it- was really. That was amazing to like see that was really inspiring. Just yeah. his stacks of like, yeah. you know, yeah, just a well of sensical, nonsensical, yep. everything. Yeah, yeah, and uh, categorized. Totally. You know. Yeah, um, a certain amount of organization in it for sure. Yeah, I really love. I really love kind of taking a glimpse into people's creativity and seeing how much. Like some people just ooze it. Others will just kind of. It, it's a steady drip. But it's yeah. it's really fascinating, eh? Like yeah, how, it is. how much comes out of, and it's definitely flowing out of Dave at all all, totally. all hours. It seems. Yeah, it's very yeah. inspiring. I, yeah. I'm definitely not. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't have that kind no, of. No, I don't got that drip either. I'm a little bit yeah. of the patish. But when it comes <laughs> when it comes, like, you got to work at it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's kind of like why I asked you about your education because I kind of feel like we're all doing this thing with the best of our abilities and sometimes it comes out all wrong in a mm. way or 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 misperceived or and and the right. longer I do it the more confident I get in whatever the fuck kind of language I'm trying to put out there yeah it being understood and getting more confident in 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 the chops you got and continuing to evolve them I'm not trying to remain stagnant with what I'm doing but it's just it's an interesting thing right yeah. like and 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 also with the creative flow, right? It's like you kind of 
got what you got. It's you know you you can channel it, but mm-hmm. it, well, I don't and you know. get bouts of it, you know, and yeah. then and yeah. then you can sort of. If you're the analytical type, you can analyze like, okay, what's happening in my life that's allowing this to happen? If I want Ooh. this to happen more often, you know, yeah. what are these conditions that yeah. make it, you know, yeah, easier? Yeah, for me, like having a stable like, brain, yeah, having yeah. the space, like the mental yep. space yep. for it, is is a thing. I know personally, like yep. if I have a whole bunch of, if I'm playing with a whole bunch of different artists at a given time, mm-hmm. there's there isn't a whole lot of there's I've, a lot I've, of noise there. Well, I've got yeah. all those sets of music in my head, and I kind of yeah. know I have a, a threshold uh. for what I can do. But that being said, sometimes you know you can squeeze something out of there, right? From because you have all that music in there, yeah. So there's some. It's I, I don't know. I haven't found the total, the perfect. Uh, formula for it but like I said the la- the most prolific I was is when I was doing it consistently right that was the most successful I think I, I've ever been with it so but that the new pro- the new album's coming out in the spring you said uh, I think it'll be finished in the spring I'll probably okay. wait till the fall okay yeah. fall of I, 2019 um, look for the new Kelsey McNulty record yeah I'm excited about it yeah yeah who yeah. plays on it who um um John Hyde is playing drums. Okay. And Scott McCannell playing bass. Yeah. And playing keyboards. And James is playing guitar. James Taylor. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Um, congratulations on all the things. You, so you, you're playing in... How many different outfits are you playing in right now? Well, at the moment, I've actually uh, been pretty... Uh, um, it's been pretty consistent with the Great Lake Swimmers for the last four months because they just released an album in mm-hmm. August. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been on the road with them um, till from September to um, just before Christmas. Now, how did that one come to, to fruition? How did you um, join that band? I met, um, do you know Brett Higgins? Sure. Bass player in that band? Yeah. So Brett and I met, I can't really remember how we met, but he was... He was sort of my my uh, my connection to that yeah, band. Great, and great. I played some keyboards, and he was like, "Oh, this album has more keyboards on it. Like, uh-huh. it'd be great to have Kelsey. She's good with sounds." Uh-huh. And then, uh, so I started playing with them about a year, two years ago, I guess. Now I played yeah. the odd, the odd gig here and there, and uh, yeah, this was their most recent release, and so yeah, I've been on the road for that. Going to do right some on. more dates with them next month. And, right on. Yeah, in the summertime and stuff. So. And and who else are you playing with apart from that? Carlo. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, Boxcar. Boxcar Boys. Yeah. Yep. And um, wow. I'm doing a tour with um, that Tara Lightfoot's put together this cool project. She's called it the Longest Road Tour. Uh-huh. And um, I think the the idea behind it is you know like when you put a band together you you have like a whole pool of I know because I've seen your band perform mm-hmm. that you have this where you have you know like a whole bunch of great bass players that you can call and a whole right. bunch of great drummers and, right right you know you have this whole pool of people but her idea was to have exactly that but have all the people that she picked be female or right or on. female you know identified yeah and um, so the band is the backing band is all women and then the people that were that are performing like the main acts or uh-huh. Lindy Ortega and I don't know if you know um, Begonia Alexa Dirks she's a Winnipeg based singer no. vocalist no. and Tara Lightfoot and then in every city there's going to be guest artists so um, like Jasmine Burke from Weaves wow. will be wow. in Toronto Fantastic. and uh, Hannah Georges 
and Melissa McClellan, and um, so and it'll then, tour and around, and that'll also, be like the house band. Like, yeah, it, totally. Like, and the like, crew's all female, and oh, um, wow. the ushers are going to all be female. Like the whole what? thing. And I think the idea behind it is for to sort of normalize yeah. that for it to yeah. not be a thing because it is a thing. Like we're and we know we're aware that it is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having to make a point of doing it, but mm-hmm. for it mm-hmm. to be a more normal thing. And so I think Tara's hoping to put this on. Um, on a yearly basis for it to be as um, a touring as a tour yeah wow, as a, as a cool. one-week tour um cool. on, a, on a yearly basis with different artists and um i think it's a really it's a really cool idea to um have you worked with tara before i, I haven't yeah. no you haven't okay great. Uh, but i'm yeah i mean we've re- rehearsed that's fun for this that's tour, exciting wow yeah it'll be really great and what so a concept doing. what a great i mean a lot and, of working and, parts yeah right right and been beautiful, like to, and the fact that you haven't played with her before is is a neat thing that you're like. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, I've met uh, the bass players Anna Ruddick, and I've met oh, Anna before, great. and great. like we have lots of mutual friends, but I've never actually played in a band with her. Fun. Uh, Michelle Joseph, I hadn't played with either. Mm-hmm. She's the drummer. Mm-hmm. Wow, and, what a what a band. Um, yeah, it should be Holy really shit. good. And um, I'm quite excited about it. And it's cool that yeah, I guess I, I think that. Um, that that it's uh yeah i have nothing but good things to say about it and like mm-hmm. tara mm-hmm. tara just felt inspired to do it and she's in the middle of touring her own album and she what a you know found ta- yeah. yeah found time to do it and make it happen it's really it sounds so special. ambitious like, <laughs> it is yeah you know in the midst yeah. of touring your own album totally flying let people me do in this from very important over. work yeah, yeah. No, very cool. I'm wow, sure Kelsey. she's she's coming straight from tour from her own tour to uh, to this next week. So, yeah, it should be great. Industry tactics. What have you brought here? Did you bring some 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 yeah. props to to the uh, to? She brought some props. She came very prepared. I did. Yeah. Well, what do we have here? I mean, the I, I th- these were the first thing I showed you are my sleeping bag slippers from Mountain Equipment Co-op. I'm not endorsed or anything. I just, they have good <laughs> Thanks products. For yeah, I just yeah. need to clarify. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> they really are like little sleeping bags on your feet. Wow. And um, and you think you might have the Raynaud's, like you've been well, tested for it. I, yeah, it, I've been tested, but at the time, I mean, it was 10 years ago, apparently mm-hmm. I didn't have it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know. My, but you do get cold hands and oh, feet. I'm, I'm freezing right now. And you know it's, what? It's warm in here. You know, it makes no sense. I'm going to just say you probably got the Raynaud's. Probably. So So this is important. So we're connected. Sleeping bag you should get these slippers. Sleeping bags. I'm I'm on Changed it. Changed my life. If I could have if I could play piano yeah. and wear sleeping bag mittens, I would. Um when James you're... calls these my flat shoes. Eric Arneson, who I tour with mm-hmm. in the Great Lakes Swimmers, is a mm-hmm. good buddy. He calls them my foot bags. That's hilarious. They which, do look kind of footbaggy. Yeah, we kind of. He had a concept for. I mean, maybe I shouldn't spoil it, but I'm not sure I'm going to have money to make a music video anyways. Yeah. But he had an idea that we would open the sprinter van. Okay. And out I would come because sometimes little feathers fly out of these things oh, because shit. they're downfilled. Oh wow! And and the idea wow, is that I'm I would in. I would step out of the tour van with my big slippers on and I would stamp down and then the feathers would fly out of them. Whoa. And this would be. Whoa. You know, for my new album. Whoa. It's just... That's like a powerful image. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, do you have to run your hands under hot water before you play? I do. And, and you do. Still, you definitely have the fucking Raynaud's. You know, you, have uh, it. you know who I got that trick from, mm. from reading about was, was Bill Evans used to do that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But um, yeah, Bad the foot news. bags have changed my life. I wear them in the cool. van all the time. Um, keep <laughs> your feet warm. And, you know, if you, the thing is, because they have these rubberish. Yeah. Yeah. Soles, on the bottom. Yeah, you yeah. can, you know, if you stop at a, a Tim Hortons or a Starbucks or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. a Dépanneur, you doing? can, um, oh, you can tighten them if you need to. Okay. But, okay. Um, you can you can go inside with them. You know you don't have to take them off if you're in the van. You can I just see. Keep them on. I see. So it's like a slipper. It's like a. Sh- it's a shoe slipper. Yeah. Schlipper. What else do you, what slipper? What else do you got for us? A bing a bang. Um, a hoogity boogity. I uh, where did I put it? Um, I got another again, not endorsed by Mac, but I got a cooler bag at Mac. Mm. Um, to keep that cheese cool. Keep, I cool. get yeah, and I'm also I'm a diabetic, so I bring insulin on the road, and it keeps. Um, I can keep my insulin cold, but also. Um, just to have a cooler bag that you can, you know, have, have snacks, um, all the time. It's, Indu- it's just, uh, industry it's tactics. super handy, you know, cause you don't know where you're going to be. If you're in the Midwest of the States, yeah. you know, yeah. you might stop at a, at a, you know, gross spot that doesn't have gluten-free food also gluten-free you're getting my whole health let's uh, get into this head yeah um so that doesn't have you know gluten-free options and so i just keep like cashew butter some bread um some cheese like the the bar essentials yeah the bare essentials and i have a knife that i also got i mean you have to be careful if you have to fly you want to pack that somewhere else but having all that just like in a little pack is super helpful how how is i I think i've asked you this before at the cameron house and i don't want to put you on the spot here but i I want to i do want to ask uh, but let's do it um how is touring Mm. being gluten-free and diabetic yeah. Um, How do you keep that shit in check? That that has got to be an art form unto itself. Yeah, it's uh, the the again the cool. This is where the cooler pack comes into play. It's yeah. very very wow. helpful. Wow. And uh, and I I really make a big effort to exercise or do yoga on you know if not a daily basis whenever yeah. I can squeeze it in. Yeah. So even well, if it's okay. like uh, you know half an hour in the morning or something, yeah. I'll I'll try and do. I really like uh, these yoga videos called Yoga with Adrian. Yeah, um, I know the one. Yeah. You know the one? Yeah. Oh, she's great. She's yeah. so she's it's like doing she's, yoga with a buddy no. and she's silly. No, I'm not you in. Don't, you don't like it? I couldn't do it. Why not? Cuz she had her fucking dog in the background oh, and yeah. it was bugging me. She What's kept talking about the again? dog. This it was like a great dane. No, it's not a great. Turned dane. me right off. It's Turned not me a great right dane. off. I don't want. I don't. Know, name, I, I don't want to do yoga with you and your dog. She kept talking okay, about her but dog. But you should do the earlier videos because she got that dog last year. So all right. So I'll, like maybe if you I'll, do videos from like four. Maybe years I'll ago, do season one. There is one video where she talks about the dog like a little too much. That was the like, one I started with. Oh shit! Turn me right off a of yoga with yeah, Adrian. I think that one's called Yoga for Perspective. Maybe. Yeah, it gave me perspective. All right. <laughs> Anyway, it's not about me. So, so so keep going. So you're doing yoga once a day, even on tar. Well, yeah. I mean, I like to. I try and get the exercise in four days, four days a week on the tour. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And wow, uh, wow. Yeah, and then just you know, staying on top of trying to eat well. And uh, you ever go down those dark paths of uh, no options? What does that mean? Trying to eat well and you you just can't? Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 And then I just dose a lot. I'll take a bunch of insulin and, and okay. hope for the best. Um, 
But oh. generally, you know, options are pretty good these days. People are, there you, go. you know, pretty you conscious. Go. And, what are some you know, smart tactics on that? I mean, apart from the, the multitude you've just given us. Yeah, well, like, well, well one to of my, remain best, healthy. my best $15 yeah. purchase of um, go. the fall Yeah. and for tour was a tour-sized half roller. Are you familiar with the half roller? No. Um, so... Um, the half roller. I, I have to, sh- oh, I have yeah, to show. Oh yeah, yeah. For it. for for uh, for the exercises. Yeah. Well, you can roll out like Got different. It. You basically can give yourself a massage right. with these half rollers. Right. Okay. And um, so it's like it's a pizza roller, like a basically a human yeah. human yeah. pizza roller. Wow. And um, I it was the best $15. thing I bought for fifteen dollars at Winners. They have a tour, um, a, not a tour size one, but a travel size <laughs> one. <laughs> I call it a tour size. Industry one. tactics. So it fits in my if it's in my suitcase and I can yeah. stick my hair straightener down the middle of it because it's empty in the middle. Oh, so you're making and the most of all your of my spaces, yeah. Ooh, shit. And when you have to bring a lot of keyboards and pedals and amps and stuff, it's you, all you about tra- that you pack. A compact pack, <clears throat> um, but. It, uh, I can't say enough for how much mm. it's helped my, helped my, uh, my physical, like any injuries I have from playing, like yeah. playing related injuries, yeah. just like rolling it out has been amazing. One of the big things that my physiotherapist, I, uh, you familiar with the artist health center mm-hmm. in Toronto? Have you mm-hmm. ever been? Mm-hmm. No, Toronto I know. Western? No, no. There's an but excellent physiotherapist. It. I'm going to shout out okay. to, uh, to Vicky, uh, Please. at the artist health center. There She's you go. incredible. She works with lots of musicians and oh. artists of all kind and, um, or all kinds. And she, um, she pointed something out to me that like, I fancy myself fairly, uh, fairly like aware of my body and yeah. like how, because I exercise, I always have since I was a kid yeah. because I've had to. Um, yeah. And she pointed out that my um, IT bands, which is common with a lot of people, especially yeah. people who run, um, yeah. are really tight and that can okay. cause you lots of lower back pain. Because, oh, wow. You know, lower back pain comes from like tightness in your hips and legs. And so rolling out my... Um, my IT bands has like mm. helped my knees, mm. like my mm. knee problems great, and like just everything. It's just been like, it was like a $15, like amazing purchase and I would highly recommend it. You have knee problems? Your back. Well, just from running. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. But it helps like rolling out the IT bands like cause it, the IT band can like get tight and then it like twists your kneecap a bit and yeah. that can cause you pain. Yeah. So. Um, w- w- when you're on tour, are you enjoying it? Yeah, I really like traveling and being on the road. You and, do, yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, great, great to hear. And the, yeah, the um, I get to travel with lots of great, like, fun people. So it's are so you nice, you're, you're pretty you know? consistent? Like, like does it, or do do you go squirrely after a certain point? Um. Yeah. It, it depends on how long the drives are. Like this fall, we definitely had some 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 big drives. We went all the way down to California and back. Oh, wow. Um. In in what was it? Four weeks. So, um, and then, it, you know, there's 26 shows or whatever to play in yeah. there. So yeah. we had some big 10, 10 hour drives yeah, and you start to yeah. start to freak out a little, Yeah. but I mean, yeah, it's a you joy. just get out, do some jumping jacks. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You know, what, you know what to do. Yeah. You know what to do. Totally. Well, man, what, what else, what, what else should I ask you? What, what do, is there anything else that you feel that you've, you've missed? I'm really thrilled. Man, we with... really went through a lot of stuff. Are you, are, okay, okay. Um, I mean. One final then industry tactic. Okay. That the, the one thing, the reason why you keep making music. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a very. Yeah, yeah. This is a parting note too, yeah, so don't make it right. like. Right. Um, yeah. Don't just throw this one don't away. Don't just yeah. 
Um, well, you know, I think that maybe if I, if I, if I knew the answer to that, I think it would be, if I knew the straight up single answer to that, Mm. it would, it would, I would have reached, you know, not Mm. enlightenment, but I think that I would just, not that I would stop making music. Maybe, maybe it would inspire me further, but Mm. I I think if I knew I, I, uh, I I would, the big question would be answered in a certain way to a certain degree. I mean, there's so many reasons to do Mm -hmm. it, as you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, uh, there isn't a number one one for me. There isn't yeah. a big answer. Fair enough. Again, I Fair think enough. I told you, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I was never really a big picture person. And even though you, I aim for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty disappointing answer, isn't it? No, 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 not at all. I, I was very happy with it. Mm. Okay. Which is what counts. <laughs> Gentle listeners, let's thank her together collectively by sending tweets her way. Where can we find you online? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have Twitter. Um, <coughs> tweet do. us at Industry Tactics, but tweet, where can we find where can we yeah, find yeah, more yeah. learn more about your work? There's um, a band camp uh, with that record, right? Yep, with the first and, record, um, Kelsey a, McNulty. Yep, and there's a band camp with um, with Carlo. Okay. Yeah, we have a an EP that was really uh, was kind of the essence of why that band started. We started as like just a sort of project with friends wanting to make some noise together and uh the the demos we made we we love them enough that we wanted to start a band so uh the ep's there and the full-length album is there right on and uh yeah thank you so much for opening up it was a real treat ah thank you all the best my pleasure Thanks again. You're listening to a demo of a tune called Time Does No Favors from Kelsey McNulty's new upcoming record. Uh, and check her out across the province this week uh, with the Longest Road Show. That's the Terra Lightfoot uh, tour that she was mentioning. Thanks again, Kelsey. And follow us on Twitter at Industry Tactics or learn more about the podcast in the top right corner from my website, FriendlyRich.com. And we'll see you again real soon on Industry Tactics. Goodbye.